the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host and former presidential limousine driver. Just kidding about that part there at the end there. I hope you're having a great day here in Southern California. It's hot. It's a great time to be here in Southern California. And as I say that, I'm telling you that as somebody who is in the process of moving. And uh, unlike most people, I am actually moving to Los Angeles, not moving out. And, uh, and I'm staying in California. And I thought I'd talk about that maybe a little bit. I'm curious about what you think about this. Do you stay? Are you planning to stay in California? How do you feel about our state? I know there's a lot of reasons to leave. Numbers are huge of people who are leaving our state. But what are some good reasons to stay? What are some reasons to go? Maybe I'll tell you a little bit about what we're dealing with. You can call me up and share your thoughts, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. And you can call and join the conversation right now, 888-528-2557. You can send me an email if you are at your keyboard and can't get to your phone. Just email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. So um, I have always lived in Southern California. And a lot of people have asked me recently, since we are now the host of this program, by by we, I'm, I guess I'm referring to me and my, my family here, but uh, you know, we say that with we, like we're pregnant. It doesn't really work, but we support each other. My wife supports me in all of these things. People ask me, you know, how did you decide to stay in California? How did you know God's will for your life in uh, taking a new job, going kind of a new direction? Do you have those questions in your life? Are you at a place where you're wondering, you know, what should I do? Things are tough. It's a it is a tough time, and and there are lots of reasons why people are leaving California. California is uh, losing its political representation because so many people are moving out. But uh, you know, is that always the right thing to do? Is there a time when you are called? How do you know the difference between your when you're called to do something else? Maybe it's not leave the state, but maybe it's just move to another job. Maybe it's to a move to another neighborhood. Maybe there's some change in your life that you feel like maybe God is calling you to do. How do you know that that's the right thing to do versus maybe God wants you to stay? Maybe God doesn't want you to do that. And you're just under a lot of pressure. You have a lot of things going on. Maybe you like change. Maybe it just seems like this is going to fix everything if I just move. How do you know the difference? And I thought we could talk about that today. I'd love to hear your story about how you figured out the difference. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. So I was in, a, in a, the store the other day getting some moving supplies and dealing with some things. I won't mention the names. It's one of those moving uh, companies. I won't say which one it is, but it's one where you haul your own stuff. And so I was getting a truck. We have already made one trip. We have some we have some movers coming, uh, which is an entirely different uh, adventure if you ever move. <laughs> and uh, we thought, you know what, they're charging us by the hour. So what we want to do is save some money and do as much as we can by ourselves. So we packaged up most of the house 
And by we, that's mostly Christy. Although I, I've contributed a lot because I have eliminated many boxes. One of I didn't quite get where I wanted to go. Where I wanted to do is not move stuff that we don't need that just needs to be thrown away. How do you do that? Do you, that's one of the troubles with moving is you find out you've got so much stuff, so many different, you know, and why do we need all that stuff? Why do we hold on to it? I, do we hold on to it because we think we're going to need it one day or do we hold on to it because just the process of throwing it out just takes time and you, and you start to move and that's when you think about it, but then you run out of time. So I got rid of a lot of stuff, many, many boxes of stuff thrown out, stuff that was just old stuff, shredded a lot of documents, all of that. Um, but some of it's like we're out of time and now we're packing up stuff that I know we don't need. And it's like, oh, we have got to not put that in the house. We have got to get rid of that. How do you know? Well, in the bigger picture, you know, those are all interesting things for, for moving. And if you've got any moving tips, by the way, you can give me a call. Things that uh, maybe you forget about in the process of moving. You move a lot. Some people, you've moved a lot. Maybe you're in the military. Maybe you have uh, just had other reasons why you've moved a lot. I have not. I've been in this house for seven years. Before that, uh, we're in that house for uh, 13 years, I want to say. Nah, 15 years. No, wait. Maybe 11 years different, you know, but I haven't really moved a lot recently. I have noticed that there are certain things I've moved to one place to another and not used. That's the stuff I want to get rid of. 888-528-2557. So in our lives, we have thought about whether God is, wants us, what does God want us to do from a, a ministry standpoint? And I'm, I'm saying that out of, you know, the context for us of me being the pastor of a church and kind of being a vocational ministry. But the truth of it is that everybody who is a follower of Jesus, if you are, you're called into the ministry. And it's, it's something that I think the church has to get away from a little bit. The Bible is very clear that our, we need to respect people who are our church leaders, okay? Your, your elders or whatever you decide to call them, overseers or you know whomever, if you're looking at that scripturally and your pastor would be one of those people, that they are to be respected, they are to be obeyed, uh, we're told. It doesn't mean that they aren't to be challenged. Uh, Paul also tells us that you can confront leaders. You have to do it with, there's a process. You do it with two leaders and uh, two witnesses and those kinds of things. And the reason that there's a little heavier process for leaders is because leaders are always dealing with the criticism. Leaders, part of leadership is you have to make decisions and there's always going to be people who don't like it, right? So maybe you get whatever blessing there is of leadership at your company. You know, I don't know, maybe they give you a parking space or something. Some churches give the pastor a parking space, uh, right? Or you get something like that. You get those kinds of benefits. But you also got to deal with all the crud, right? You're the one who is responsible. You are the one who is the leader. And scripturally, we know that. That's why uh, church leaders, um, number one, they have to be above reproach. They need to be living according to a higher standard. But they also need our respect. So when we go to church, that's another question I'm going to ask you, you know, pretty soon. I'll be involved somewhere in, uh, in church all the time. And in this ministry, I'm involved with a lot of churches right now, but not in the same role. So an interesting thing for us, just getting into uh, some personal things. And you guys have asked me some questions. So I thought, well, I'll talk about it a little bit. You know, we get to pick a church where I'm not going to be the pastor. My wife's always joked about how she better like the pastor's sermons because she doesn't really have a choice. You know, what if she didn't? You know, and there's pastor's wives out there who probably sit there and go, I want to go to another church. In fact, I know some pastor's wives who do go to another church. So it's a whole other story. But um, how do you know in your life 
what God's will is for decisions that you've got to make. And, and by decisions, I'm talking about non-moral decisions. I'm talking about the kind of things that are just choices in life. Should I move to this town or not? Should I leave California or not? Should I take this job or should I take that job? Should I go back to graduate school and get a higher degree or should I just go get a job? Right? These are kind of like left or right decisions. They're, they're not really moral decisions, right? There's not a clear biblical verse that says thou shalt do this uh, with respect to your job, okay? Sometimes morality comes into it, okay? But most of the time, I'm just talking about decisions we make in life, you know? And in the pastoral ministry, one of the questions that people ask the most is, what's God's will for my life? And uh, that's a hard question to ask because most of the time they're not asking you know, what is the moral calling for me, you know, to live according to? Most of the time when people ask, what's God's will for my life? We're talking about who should I marry and what job should I have? And should we have kids? How should I take care of my kids? How should I, you know, these actual decisions that matter a lot, that weigh upon us. Um, And I know that some of you are thinking about that right now. As I talk about this, I know, I know that many of you, in fact, the studies are saying tremendous numbers of people are making life-changing decisions right now. You're leaving California. You are leaving your job for another job, entirely new careers. It's called, you know, the the great resignation we're experiencing right now, where people are are leaving their jobs at much higher numbers. There's always people leaving their jobs. That's, That's always happening. How do you know that it's the right time to do it? How do you know that it's God's call to do it? How do you know that it isn't just some kind of frustration that you've experienced because of the COVID and you were sitting around and you had a lot to think about? And, uh, you know, sometimes that time to think is really good for people, right? We all need time to think. Uh, my friend John Maxwell, the leadership teacher, he likes to say, you need a thinking chair. You need, you need to have a chair somewhere that is the place where you go to just think, uh, I've got one of those. Uh, I think better though when I go for a walk. Like go for, going for a walk does is just great for me for for thinking about stuff you got to think about. But you need you do need in life some place you go to just think, and maybe you go there and you you pray and you meditate on scripture, but you think. And sometimes we we think and we make good decisions. Sometimes we just overthink it. A lot of us we get to a place where we think and then we can't make any decision because we're afraid to step out and do something that's risky. Or we're afraid to make a change that even though it seems obvious that we could make, we get so afraid of what might happen if it doesn't go well. Right? Are you sitting there and you're wondering, hey, is this the right time? You know, uh, What are you thinking about? How do you make that decision? You can share your thoughts if you'd like to join our conversation, 888-528-2557. How do you seek God's will when making decisions? How do you know? When it comes to uh, leaving the state, the funny thing is, so I'm at the uh, this U-Haul place and I'm in line with a lot of people. And uh, there is a guy at the front of the line who is deaf and mute and trying to communicate something. And he finally, com- what he was communicating is that he has to pay cash and then the cashier didn't know how to take cash. And uh, so we're waiting in line with a bunch of people while they try to figure that out up at the front. And uh, they did a good job from customer service standpoint. I think he would have been a difficult customer anyway. I'm in line with a bunch of people, so we start talking eventually. And of course, everybody in there, if you're in there, you're probably moving or you just moved. And so it goes down the line. Somebody says, 
one lady was moving her and her family to Idaho. They're moving to Coeur d'Alene. And they've got a house, and they're packing things up, and she's buying a whole bunch of boxes. It's the last time, and they're getting ready to do it. The next lady in there, she's moving to Tennessee. She's moving to Nashville and all excited. Completely different place, obviously, than Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And the next person in line, he was moving to Texas and uh, very excited. I forget what town he said he was moving to, but someplace in Texas, very excited about that. The fourth person in line is moving to Florida, and uh, that person was happy about that. And these four people started talking, and I'm part of the conversation really just nodding, you know, up and down, but I'm not, I haven't joined the conversation yet, really. And uh, they're talking about reasons they're leaving, leaving California. And they don't like the politics, and they don't like the, uh, the COVID restrictions. They don't like, um, you know, there's a whole lot of reasons. It's expensive here. And when you take a look at other states and other places you could live, you got to be careful because there's hidden expenses, right? There's property taxes in some places that are much higher than here, uh, at least if you already own your house. You don't realize that your property tax can fluctuate quite a bit. We have Prop 13 and some safeguards in California that some states don't have. There's, there's things you got to be careful about. But I remember that when I first got married, Christy and I bought a condo in San Diego, and we spent $164,000 on a 700-square-foot condo, which you cannot buy anywhere in California today for that amount. And it was a crazy amount of money. We just thought that was ridiculous. Mostly we thought it was ridiculous because exactly the same time we bought that condo, my parents in Phoenix, uh, in a suburb of Phoenix, they bought a, a house that I think is pushing 3,000 square feet. Maybe it's more than that. And it's got five bedrooms. It's just enormous house. Plus there's a backyard. The backyard is so big in my parents' house that Major League Baseball teams have asked them if they could do spring training back there. It's so big. It's just unbelievable. And they paid $164,000 for that house. Like the same price that they're paying for that, this huge place in Phoenix, we're paying for our tiny little place in San Diego. And so we used to travel out there. It was a brand new home that they were buying in one of those, those track communities. And we would, we would go in and out of the model homes. You ever do that? You go in and out of the model homes and kind of check it out. We finally had to stop doing that because we were thinking to ourselves, we could just leave. We could just leave what we have in California and buy one of these other houses and have stuff, have a big house, have a big yard and have all of this. And we could do it. We worked it out one time where we could do it and not even have a job. In fact, we have some friends who did that. They sold their house in Southern California. They moved to another state with no job. They just had no idea what they're going to do. They just had a bunch of money because of the, they sold their, their house that's increased in ridiculous value the last few years, and they're doing fine, uh, except for the fact that they, uh, they have no beach where they live, and there's bugs. And, uh, you know, I ask them all the time, you know, is the grass still greener? Is it uh, a better deal out there? You know, I don't know. You know, once you're out there, you got to ask, you know. And so eventually the conversation came around to me and I said, uh, oh, I'm moving to Los Angeles. And there was an audible gasp in the room. And they really, you're moving to Los Angeles. Why would you do that? They said that. And I said, I know I'm the only one moving to Los Angeles. That's not really true. There's people always moving in and out, but it feels that way. In fact, I got my hair cut a couple of days ago, and that sh- the person cut my hair. Same response. You're moving to Los Angeles? Uh, and I don't bring up the whole I'm a Dodger fan thing because that just doesn't go over too well down here. Um, yes, we're doing that. Why are you doing that? You know, at the end of the day, the reason is because God is leading us that way. And there's a lot of reasons that that is true. 
that we believe that to be true, that we believe this is to be God's will. But ultimately, we have to take it as, as faith. And it's not easy to stay in California. Everything's expensive. In fact, uh, this move, if we had waited another two weeks, we would not have been able to move it. One of the reasons that, I won't get into all the details, but one of the reasons we think that this is God's will for us in this ministry with this program here at KKLA and uh, all of Southern California is because the doors have just opened up and God has made everything possible. And he's made things possible that should not have been possible. And you have to kind of look at that and say, okay, well, maybe God is doing this. And that has been, and it's been very specific answers to prayer. There have been other life events that things have happened. We felt that that the church that we were at, which is a great church and a wonderful group of people, we, we knew that God was calling us away. We didn't know where. We were looking out of state. We were looking at other places because when you're trying to raise a family and you're thinking financially, there's just, California is a rough place to be. Southern California, uh, coastal areas, anywhere in California is pretty rough um, financially, and you all know that. How do you know? How do you know what's the right time? Um, I think you Five have minutes. to lean on what you think God is doing. Are you thinking of making one of these uh, changes in your life? How do you know? Uh, have you thought about leaving and decided to stay here in California? You know, one of the reasons that we believe God wanted us to stay here is because we believe that if too many people are leaving the state, especially Christian people, uh, then the light goes out of the state. Like it's it's real. I'm not saying God may not be calling you to Christian communities in other states, you know, or Bible Belt areas, and we understand that, and I understand the the economic reasons to do that. But somebody's got to stay. And when we look at L.A., I grew up in Palmdale, so I've been in San Diego a long time, and I've been in L.A. area the rest of my life, so half my life kind of in each each place. And I love Southern California, and I love our towns. Uh, that song, I Love L.A., that resonates with me. I get that song. I know why Randy Newman wrote it. I know why it's uh, what that song means and how L.A. is just different than New York. Um, there's a lot in that song that really is sort of thumb in your eye to New York if you get into kind of what that song's about. And uh, and I get that vibe, and I like it. And, uh, you know, we for for a state that gets put out there as kind of very far to the left, meaning not spiritual, very secular, you know, we have a lot of that. But you know what? There's a lot of Christians here. There's a great Christian community in Southern California, even in Northern California, even in San Francisco, where you might think there aren't any Christians, but that's not true. There are many. And God is always calling people to serve him in every circumstance that they are in. And I'm curious about that. Do you feel that God is calling you to serve where you are, in your job, in your career, in your city, in your town? Or do you feel like God is calling you somewhere else? And how do you know? See, the thing is about God's will is that there's a providential will of God and there's a perceptive will of God, okay? The, the providential will of God is the things that are God's sovereign acts over the direction of our life, and you can't do anything about it. This is what God is going to allow. This is what he's going to cause to happen, and it's very direct, and he gives you guidance, and he directs, and uh, it's guidance in the life. It's, it's how I got into to ministry. It's how I'm in the, this chair right now. It's God creating those opportunities and open up, opening up those doors. I think that you have those in your life. There's maybe things you wanted to do, and God shut the door, and you couldn't. You see this biblically, right? Paul wanted to go to Rome, and he made plans to go to Rome. We're talking about Paul here. We're talking about the guy who got knocked off his donkey. He's seen Jesus. He's 
you know, he's got complete, a great understanding of Scripture and who God is, and he wants to go, and he can't go. God is blocking him from that. Eventually, he gets to go, right? But in his writings, we know that he wasn't able Two to minutes. go. Two minutes. The providential will of God is that which is not known to us, but known to God. And when we discover it, we go, oh, and we look behind us and we say, ah, oh, that's what God was doing. And we start to see all the different things that God did in our life to lead us to the point we're at right now. That's the perceptive will of God uh, or the providential will of God. The preceptive will of God is about what's in the Bible. Uh, the providential will of God is about how God guides our life. Preceptive is an issue of obedience. You know, if you're asking for the will of God, well, what does the word of God say? Uh, that's preceptive. It's knowable. Okay, you can you can actually find out what God wants. You know, should I um, commit adultery or not? Uh, you don't need to pray about that. You just need to read your Bible and it says, "Thou shalt not commit adultery," and uh, that's your answer. You've got that answer. That is not God's will for your life. That person that you're flirting with at the office, that person that you're going to coffee with, that you're not telling your wife about, that person that uh, you are saying to yourself, "Gosh, you know, it seems like it'd be great to be married to him." Uh, and you're married to somebody else, that's not God's will for you. Stay away from that. Absolutely, without question, not God's will. That's, see, that's knowable. That's preceptive. You know, you're not married, and you're looking to date somebody who is not married. And, um, you know, your, your preceptive will is, you know, is that person following Jesus? Are they, you know, there's a lot of good questions you can ask. But ultimately, there's part of providential will. You've got to trust God. Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. The secret things belong to God. I tell people that all the time because people say, well, what's God's will for my life? And uh, you pray, God, tell me your will for my life. And so often the answer you get is none of your business. That's what God says. You know, God, what's your will? None of your business. That's his providential life. I'll let you know when I let you know. It's up to him. And you got to trust God because that's what God wants. If you're trying to figure out what to do in your life, if you've got a big decision to make, the first thing you got to do is realize that God wants you to trust him. That the first step to knowing the will of God is you've got to trust him that there is a plan, that the doors will open at the right time. And you trust him and you pray about that. And you say, God, what's your will? He says, none of your business. And you keep trusting him because one day he'll make it your business. And there you go. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. This fine afternoon here in Southern California. We're talking about living in Southern California and whether we want to continue doing that. How many of you might be leaving the state? According to uh, New York Times, about 275,000 people left last year, uh, left uh, California. That's the, that's the net loss of California. So I think it was about uh, uh, 650,000 people left the state, maybe 400,000 people moved into the state. People are leaving. And I was talking about our own decisions here in, in my family about staying in California and different things that God has done here. I think that uh, 
you know, one of the things that has been on our mind, we talked about leaving the state, and I'm curious about this for you too. Have you thought about leaving the state? What is the hindrance of you? And do you think maybe you're just planning on leaving your job or something else? Do you think about your job in terms of it's a ministry that maybe God has called you to sit in that cubicle you're sitting in right now or to sit in traffic because you have a certain job that's uh, 40 miles away and you got to push through it every single day here in Southern California? What do you think about that? 888-528-2557. Anyway, so in in our case, we felt that God was doing something else in our life. There was a lot of things that were just coming together. We'd been at the same church for 17 years. We had, which is a long time. When, we, when you're a pastor at a church for a long time, let me tell you something. One of the things that happens is you could end up just being there forever, but you should have left at some point, Right. Um, or you should stay there forever because you're just the right fit for that community, for that group of people, and there's just a reason. You have to, I think, when you are not just in, in ministry, but I think in any job, you've got to ask yourself, do I need to leave? Is now the right time to go? So I, I've always asked myself with any job, but particularly in a ministry job, you know, is this the time for me to go? And there's you get funny stuff from your the people who are at church because— you try to gauge this. This is what I've always tried to gauge anyway. It's like if people, once I've been there a long time, are people asking, are people saying in the church, I hope he never goes anywhere. I hope he never leaves. Or are they saying, I wonder if he'll ever leave. Like there's a, there's a difference between those two things, right? It's like, I hope he never goes, meaning he's effective. He's doing a great job. We hope he just never goes. And then there's, I wonder if he'll ever leave. Like, it's fine. It's fine that he's be here, but you don't want to want to be fine. I've never really just wanted to be fine. So we looked, we looked at, uh, we felt like God might be uh, calling us somewhere else, but we hadn't got a call somewhere else. And I asked somebody, I said, you know, do you just go? Uh, what do you do? He says, no, you never go anywhere unless God is calling you somewhere. God might be leading you away, but he also might be just leading you to a place where he's going to reinforce his will for you to stay. You got to wait and see if he's calling you somewhere else. So that's what we decided to do. And uh, there's been different times in ministry where I've thought about that. One time I thought about getting into politics. I was in that when I was a kid. I've talked about a kid. I was like, you know, my 20s. I now look at that as being a kid. You do you do that when you get older? I do that now. It's like anybody younger than me, like, oh, they're just a kid. What do they know? I did that to somebody who's like five years younger than me the other day. And it's like, yeah, you're going to make that decision. But when you're my age, you're going to think differently. Like, well, they're almost my age. What do you mean? Um and I thought about, anyway, I thought about going to uh, politics and I went to Washington. I still have a bunch of friends who were plugged in there and they give me their insight. And I actually sat, no kidding. I sat in the house of representatives by myself, mostly by myself. A docent would come in once in a while, but I got to sit in there by myself and think about it. And I finally decided that the most useless place in the world for me to serve God is in the United States house of representatives. And it reconfirmed my call to ministry at uh, my church. And I went back and uh, a lot of great things happened. And then I started having people at random come up to me and say, hey, if you're thinking about leaving, don't. It was the weirdest thing. This was Once in a while, I think God gives you things, insights from other people that you have to say, you got to be careful because you can, you can take it any way you want to, right? You got to be very careful with stuff like this. But I took it as why am I having people... Tell me to stay when I'm not actually planning to leave. Why are people coming up to me after church and saying, you really need to stay? This was five or six years ago. And I look back and I go, I think God was telling me to stay because I was thinking about maybe it's time to go. 
And it certainly wasn't. It was definitely the right thing to stay. God does that. But see, in your, in, and I'm speaking as somebody who's been in a pastoral role, and once again, I want to say this, is that we really shouldn't see being a pastor as not a job that God might be calling you to, because all of you are called to pastor wherever you're at. Wherever you're at going to church, you're a pastor. Um, you're a pastor to those people that God has placed around you at any given time. And you are an ambassador of Christ that way. You are plan A for their salvation. Does that put too much pressure on you? I don't mean to do that, but that's, you know, we are all called in the ministry as the body of Christ. And some people might be the, the mouthpiece more than others, but everybody, somebody's the hand, somebody's the foot, somebody's the eyeball, somebody's the nose, somebody's the ears. We're all doing something. If you want to join our conversation, this is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. Michael from Hollywood, welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, hi. Um, you know, I, I just want to call because I really considered moving from uh, Los Angeles, yeah. not because of, like, the rent or anything, but it's actually the, I guess, the environment um, here in Hollywood. And, you know, it seems like if you're not like everyone else, if you're not, you know, like them, then, um, you know, they'll make life difficult for you or, mm-hmm. you know, a lot worse. They'll, like, try to destroy your life. But, um you know, it seems it's, it just seems to me that um, people don't understand how, like, organized um, I guess the left is, and um, you know, they I think they're taking it upon themselves to, um, you know, try to make society into whatever they have in mind. So, what is, what made um, you just what made you decide to stay? Um, because of uh, something you you mentioned Five where minutes? God. Um, needs his people everywhere, even in the worst parts. Mm. Um, and you know what, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, of course, unpleasant when, you know, you're being, um, you know, mistreated and stuff, but sure. I don't know. It's, it, I mean, <laughs> you can't, you can't do what God needs you to do if you're not there. That's right. Yeah, Michael, I appreciate that insight. Thank you for your call. And, you know, I think that's something that we we have to think about when we're making uh, these kinds of decisions is, are we leaving because we think it'll be more comfortable for our circumstance, or is it better to just push through? And to think, you know, we're not called to be comfortable as Christians. Jesus makes it pretty clear that we're not going to be comfortable. We'll be comfortable, you know, with respect to our faith. Michael, I appreciate your call. Thanks for calling. And we... Thank you. We you know, that the Lord is going to be with us and there's all these promises, but he also tells us that people are going to hate you because of me, that we're going to be sent into places that we may not be welcomed. And there are, there are, sorry about that, we're getting some technical feedback there, but, um, and I think maybe when we think about our state, I've just been thinking about this a lot and with the course of the, the politics in our state and you know, many things being said today because of Supreme Court stuff and the stuff coming out of Sacramento. And you go, you know, uh, Christians need to stick around, you know, and love people. You know, if if we think that we're going to stick around and win a bunch of elections, you know, we got to keep in mind that that God, you know, Jesus didn't tell us, you know, he didn't tell his disciples what you need to do is get yourself elected to the Roman Senate. And if you can do that, then you will have, you know, victory for the kingdom of God. Uh, he didn't tell us to do that. I think Christians should run for office, but I think they should run for office for the sake of good government. 
I think you, you represent Christ better as a politician if you're very good at your job, right? If you actually represent the people well. That's what I'm looking for often in, in maybe a Christian who uh, would want to run for office or somebody that I want to vote for. It's not just their Christian belief, but are they actually going to do a good job? Because at the end of the day, I think that impacts testimony. You know, If you're doing a good job, not just in politics, but if you are working at whatever company you're working with, if you do a good job, even if you are low person on, you know, at the, the bottom of the ranking of your company or you're the boss, if you're doing a good job, if you're kind to people, if you're good to your employees, if you're good to your coworkers, I believe your testimony is incredible. And if you want to know what God's will is for your life, it's that. I'm not sure. If you're thinking about changing jobs, I'm not sure that God always cares if you take job A or job B. I think what he cares Two about minutes. is if you pick one, that you go there and you do a good job as if you're working for the Lord and that you love the people who are there and you see it as as ministry. Elizabeth in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. I just want to say that my perception is that everyone is moving into my neighborhood. <laughs> I don't feel like people are leaving. I feel like everybody's coming. And I think, you know, primarily for the weather and um, living in a uh, neighborhood that's gentrifying and um, but I, I so agree with you that this is a place for ministry. You know, it's a place to be salt and light. And um, we're very active in our local church and a Spanish ministry. My husband does speaking and uh, is an elder. And um, my job, I get to uh, teach English as a second language. I meet people from all over the world and sometimes get to share something about the Lord. One minute. And so... Um, definitely we need Christians in California. Yeah, you're right about that. Thank you, Elizabeth, for your call. And thank you for uh, seeing that as people moving in, like, you know, the total aggregate of people moving out is more. And a lot of people are moving out for the price. I get it. It's too expensive to live here. There for a lot of people, you can't, you have to move out. And if you, sometimes if you want to know God's will, uh, sometimes you just don't have a choice. You, you have to do it. Okay. That must be what God wants me to do. Otherwise, he'd provide the uh, means to stay. Um, but you have to see wherever you're at as a ministry. And for, you know, for us, some people have said to me, they've actually said, hey, you know, you're, you're not in ministry anymore. How can you do that? I've had people say that to me in a nice way and a not so nice way. It's kind of interesting. The thing is, is number one, whatever job I did, I would consider ministry. You still, that's what it is. Secondly, this is a ministry. What are you talking about? We're connecting with people all over the, the state. We have this great opportunity together, you and me, to kind of go beyond the walls of the church and to say, hey, you know what? We There's only one church in Southern California. It's Jesus' church. And we meet at different addresses on Sundays, and we go to different small groups, and we have some different events, and we have some different traditions, and we do things differently, but we have one mission. It's to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And when we look at the lostness of people around us, when, as Michael said from Hollywood, he, he talked about how hard it is maybe in that town to uh, be a Christian. And, um, you know, uh, some of you are in uh, the movie industry and in uh, media and other stuff, which is such a big, big um, uh, part of Southern California life. Uh, it is hard to be a Christian today there. But if you're not there, then nobody has the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're not there, then the light goes out. 
when you go. Uh, somebody has to stay. Somebody has to be here. And I, I hope that you consider that. You know, for us, staying in California actually was kind of hard because you start to look forward to uh, things being a little bit easier financially. And uh, I don't know if I was looking forward to uh, to the weather. I'm, I've been around enough to know that, uh, you know, Florida is nice if you're going like the week after Thanksgiving and it's kind of warm and kind of nice and a little rainy, but it feels good. But it's not humid and it's not that hot uh, and there really aren't a lot of bugs. But uh, six months later, if you're going in uh, June, July, you know, do you really want to be there? Is it really worth it? There are so many great things, beautiful things about our town. So I'm asking the question, how do you know God's will? And suggesting that you really look at that if you're thinking about a career change or you're thinking about moving. And how do we look at our state from the standpoint of ministry? How do we look at our cities, the towns that we live in from the standpoint of ministry? God is calling you to bloom where you are. And if he's calling you somewhere else, you still bloom where you are during that period of time. I got to take a break. We can take your calls. If you want to join our conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today. And uh, I've been talking about the fact that I am moving. I am moving and I am staying in California. I'm moving from San Diego to Los Angeles. And I'm moving because that is part of the deal of uh, being the host of Southern California Live, which I am grateful to be doing that. And uh, But it's not a decision that comes very easily. It means uprooting our lives and uh, moving friends and moving kids. And, uh, you know, I never had to, when I was growing up and when my wife grew up, neither one of us, we talked about this the other day, neither one of us left our towns. We never had to move. We just didn't. Um, you know, I lived, I grew up in Palmdale, California, and I lived there from the time I was, uh, three years old till the time I graduated from high school. And then I went to UC Riverside and I came home every weekend the first year, I think. And then I was home during the summers and and until my parents moved to Arizona, then um, I was in, in uh, Palmdale a lot. Christy uh, grew up in the Seattle area and uh, always stayed there. She went to uh, you know the same grade school, went to high school. Uh, so, you know, for our kids, um, trying to help them through this transition has been unique, you know, because Christy and I didn't go through it. You know, they're having to leave schools, change schools, change friends. And, you know, I had to do that when I went to high school. And then I had to do that when I went to college. But uh, it's different. And you have to weigh those things. You know, for us, weighing, does God want us to do this? It was hard. We really like the school that we're in. We like our kids' parents' friends' parents. We like our kids' uh, friends, most of them. And, uh, you know, there's a few where we're kind of glad. It's like, oh, it's good that you're going to get new friends. <laughs> you ever like that as a parent? You're like, I like these friends, don't like those friends. You know, can 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 so and so come over to our house and play? Yes, he can come, but this other person you can't. You he can come here, but you can't go over there. We had to deal with all of that, and uh, I think that's one of the the hardest parts. And what we've been talking about this hour is how do you deal with God's will for making a big change in your life? And I just wanted to share a little bit of what we've been through and just some of what. And actually, this is a much longer story. There's amazing things that God has done. Uh, in the past uh, really several years as we look back. And as I was talking about in the earlier segment, God has two 
ways you could describe his will, his providential will. Those are the things that God is going to do, and he's not going to tell you about them until he does it. You may never find out about it. Um, it's what God is sort of his big ultimate plan for your life or the doors that he's going to open eventually. That's God's providential will. His perceptive will is that you can go to his word and figure out what it is. You know, does God want me to go uh, knock off the CVS since I won't get arrested for it if I'm in San Francisco? Uh, the answer is no. It has nothing to do with whether or not the the district attorney is going to prosecute. It has to do with the fact that you're not supposed to steal and you don't need to pray about it. You don't. You you just don't do that. Uh, see, that's the perceptive will of God. It's pretty pretty simple to know that. And if you're in a place where you're just asking, you know, what do I do? Can I give you a couple of things? You know, we are we are thrilled to be able to stay in California as much as there's a part of us that wanted to leave because it just might be comfortable, more comfortable somewhere else. And I'm not saying that God's not calling you to leave, but what I am saying is that he's not necessarily calling you to a comfortable place. He might be calling you to do something completely different. He might be calling you to a a company that's completely different or a career that's different or maybe the same career but different place. You have to really trust him, and that's what God really wants from you. His will ultimately is that you trust him, that you have faith, that if you want to know what God's will is for your life, the first thing is you got to know that you got to trust God. That's what he wants. He wants faith. Otherwise, he would just tell you, you know, dear God, should I take this job or that job? Um, And then he tells you, and you say, okay, thanks, God, and then you don't need to pray anymore, right? That's one of the reasons he does that. If you wonder why God doesn't tell you everything— Part of it is because he wants to have communication with you. And if he just told you everything, then I guess you don't have to talk to him unless you've got a question. And he just becomes the, uh, you know, the customer service helpline uh, whenever you need it. We are thrilled to be here in Southern California because we think that together with you, we really can make a difference. We are living in a culture that is in so many ways godless, and but a culture that's looking for something true. And we have that. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, I think as the church, we need to brand ourselves differently. We need to celebrate the good things that the church does. You know, in all this conversation about, you know, abortion and stuff, and we've talked about how the church needs to put its money where its mouth is and this and that. The fact of the matter is that the church does. Five minutes. Most of the pregnancy resources out there and resources for adoption and resources for foster care and resources for for kids and all the stuff, it's coming from the church. Did you know that? Most of the care out there for people who are homeless that actually works, that actually ends up in recovery and redemption is coming from the church. It's coming from people who are following Jesus, who have decided to stay who have decided, you know what, I'm not going to flee to someplace that's cleaner. I'm going to stay here and clean it up. And that's not for everybody, but it is for some of us. I want to encourage you that way. If you're thinking you've got to make a decision in your life, here's what you've got to do. You've got to dedicate yourself to knowing God's perceptive will first, what you can read in the Bible. You've got to be sold first on the revealed issues of God. What has he said in the Bible about who he is, what you're called, who you are, what you're called to do? That's how you navigate your life, all right, the Scriptures. Navigators fix on points to guide them in life. If you're out in a boat and you don't have your navigation equipment working or the way they used to do it in the old ways, is you, you would fix a place in the sky, the North Star or a certain constellation, and you would have it guide you. Airplanes have a hole in the top of the roof in the, at least the old ones did. I don't know if they still do it because there's so much electronics, but they used to have a little peephole, like you have in your door almost, 
on the top where the navigator could actually navigate the skies if you were falling over the ocean. You didn't know exactly where you were. You didn't know all the stuff. But if you fixed your, your sight on that, then you could get to your destination. That's God's word for your life. You fix on a certain point the word of God, and you get guidance for how to live your life, and you dedicate yourself to that. And you dedicate yourself to knowing who God is. And there's something that God is doing. Second Chronicles 16, 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. I love that verse. The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. You want to make a good decision in your life? Trust the Lord. Make your heart completely his. You know, make sure you're, and when it's time to make a decision, make it. Uh, we're talking about a non-moral decision here, right? I got to take this job or that job. I got to, you know, do the, make the best decision you can, trust the Lord for it, but make it. Be smart, think wisely. You know, should I become a teacher or should I become a missionary? I don't know. What do you want to do? What's your ultimate dream? What has God put on your heart? Either way, you're a missionary. Either way, you're going to be with people who need to know the gospel. Do that and trust the Lord. See, if if your mindset is that you are seeking to do whatever God wants you to do, then pay attention to the desires in your heart if they're godly, if they're not against the scriptures. And you know what? I think God Two blesses minutes. the decision-making process. Go get good, wise counselors. You know, Find people who have made good decisions who can help you. And then pray for God's providence. You say, God, I want to do this, but Lord, I'll trust you uh, to open these doors. And I'm going to go for it, but if you stop it, that's fine. I will change my direction. I think God likes that prayer. Paul tried to go to Asia, and God stopped him. He kept initiating, and he kept getting blocked, but then he would try again. He knew God wanted him to get there. He tried to do it, but then he obeyed God and and was humble before God when he couldn't go there. Eventually, he got to go there. And then he got his head cut off whenever he went there eventually, right? But the thing is, is that you might take a job in another town, and you might get fired your first day, and you might say, God, why? Well, maybe God's will, his providential will, is something beyond that. Were you faithful in taking that job? then you got to trust God that even though you had things not go the right way, that God still has a reason and a purpose for your life, and it has to do with blessing others in the name of Christ through you. That is always what God wants to do. If you need to make a decision in your life, dedicate your heart to the Lord. Trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your paths straight. He won't show you the whole path, but he'll show you the next couple of steps. Do that. Uh, that's what we did. That's where we ended up here. There's a lot more to our story, but I wanted to let you know that, and uh, we're moving. If you got some moving advice, you know, we will take it. And I want you to know that we are, Christy and me and my boys, as hard as it is for the boys especially, we are very excited about being with you here in uh, Southern California in L.A. And uh, San Diego, we're going to miss you, but we're still with you. And uh, we know each town really well, and we know that God wants to bless Southern California with his church. And there's one church that we're all brothers and sisters in. So thank you for listening today. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back in just a minute for hour two. Don't go away. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.